Good evening, and welcome to the Beer Money Sports Podcast, episode 14. My guest today, the GOAT, the one and only, the soon-to-be graduate uh, in about two weeks. Exactly two weeks. Mr. Wide Street. Thank you for having me on, Matt. I know, it's a, it's a damn pleasure, I know, but... Yeah. We gotta we gotta reel that back, and we gotta be in the right state of mind to make some serious picks, life or death picks on conference championship. It's gonna be exciting. So uh, first, let's just hop into the uh, rankings. Um, yeah, Bama's out. Bama is out, which is amazing. For the first time in the college football playoff era, we will see a Final Four. Without Alabama. the Alabama Crimson Tide, which is amazing, it's awesome. It's in a way, it's good for college football because it means we get to see a new team get in. Yeah, it, somebody else is going to get a chance. But there's still the dynasty of Clemson. So. That's true. But I agree with you. It, for the for the first time in like what forty years, we won't see an Alabama Clemson playoff matchup. Yep. So like, that's pretty good. Too. Yeah, it's great. Um, can you remember? I don't have the answer so uh feel free to tag me on twitter uh with the with the correct answer when you're hearing this do you recall or can you think of the last time alabama did not play in a new year's new year six bowl the last time they didn't play in one see i feel like we're gonna think this is a lot farther away than it was well, so their last two loss regular season was 2010. They yeah. lost. They had three losses, but they played in the Sugar Bowl. So, like, it's got to be before that. It's got to be before Saban. It would have to be early 2000s, I would think. Yeah, would be my guess. Okay, that's. I I feel like that's a good guess because Saban was at LSU then. So. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can look it up. Might be able to look this up. We can continue while I look this up. All right. Um. So the rankings. I had them in front of me earlier, and now I'm just so unprepared. Um, I can tell you the top four um, are as followed. Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia. I would say, did they get that right? But we kind of already know they did because Georgia and LSU have to play each other. So um, that's going to play itself out. Utah at five, Oklahoma at six, Baylor at seven, Wisconsin at eight. Reeling it back for a second. Okay. The, uh, where did it go? The Capital One Bowl, 2010. So it was 2010. 2010, they played the uh, Michigan State Spartans in the Capital One Bowl. They won that game 49-7. to <laughs> Yeah, and then the next year they won the National Championship. And then so. the next year after that they won the National Championship. Yeah, so... That, so the beginning of Nick Saban's dynasty was at the Capital One Bowl. Yeah. Also, fun fact: uh, Can you name actually trivia? Can you name the first ever bowl game and bowl win? It's one of the same uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide in 1925. Um, the Rose Bowl. It was the Rose Bowl. As a matter of fact, their first five bowl games were the Rose Bowl. Um, the reason I said that is because that's the oldest bowl I can think of. That is the only explanation they of won. why I said the yeah. Rose Bowl. 
They won the uh, 1925 Rose Bowl, 20 to 19, over the Washington Huskies. Oh, shout out to them! Yeah. Shout out to anybody that was at that game. If you're still alive, props to you. The the best one though was the next year in 26 when they tied Stanford seven to seven. You, they tied in a bowl game. Yeah. I'm about to leave. Walk out of this studio. Keep in right mind, now. this was the 20s. They still did that kind of thing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and the Montreal Canadiens were on their like 18th. Stanley Cup in a row because there was only six teams. But anyway, reeling it back to the rankings. Though. Reeling it back to the rankings. Uh, There's really only seven teams that can get in. Um, the yeah. top three are pretty much going to handle their business, but we'll talk about that in a second. So there's like three teams that are vying for a spot. Um, actually, no, not even. Not even. You, well, you because mm. Wisconsin's at eight. Wisconsin's at if eight. If they win, they, they have two losses. They have two losses. But could you I, make the argument for a two-loss conference champ? There would be an... Okay, so I think... Hmm, there would be an interesting argument there because I think what they would need is... Wisconsin would act... Wisconsin would need Clemson to win because then they would automatically be in. Yep. Um, they would need... Obviously, with that, Ohio State would get the loss. I think uh, the LSU-Georgia winners in... Um, so that's two spots. They would need Utah to lose. And they would have to hope that they beat the crap out of Ohio State in that... That's the, laughable to even think about. Yeah, but, but Wisconsin would need to put up a amazing performance against Ohio State and hope that the Oklahoma-Baylor game, both teams just look like hot garbage. So whoever wins that game doesn't have... There's an argument. They don't have the eye test. Yeah, they don't have the eye test. So with that, you'd have Clemson, one of LSU, Georgia, and they'd probably be better off hoping that it's LSU because if Georgia wins, then LSU might still also get in. I think they would unless so, it's an absolute yeah. block. But even so, then, they're the only team with let, three top ten, lo- top ten wins. Yeah, so let's say Clemson, LSU, uh, and hope that the committee doesn't decide to go with Ohio State anyway, which might would still happen. Yeah. Um Give me your top four as you see it Sunday morning. In order. So basically what I think is going to... We're, we're basically spoiling what, my conference championship yes, picks here. Yes. And you, you get well, to you, I, I you get that, to explain it. Okay. Explain why when we're going through the game. All right. I think, I think uh, LSU is going to be one. Oh. I think they'll jump Ohio State. I, I'll have Ohio State at two. Okay. And here's why. I can see why. Here's go why. ahead. Because LSU will have that ju- will have be just coming off of a win over Georgia, the number four team. And yes, I know Ohio State's win would be against the number eight team, but I expect LSU to win big. And I think Wisconsin is going to make it closer against Ohio State than a lot of people are expecting, honestly. So I think that's going to be the difference there. I think LSU won, Ohio State two, although that's interchangeable. Clemson three, and... Uh, Utah at four. I'm really glad you said that because earlier uh, when me and Christian were bored, we just did a short BMS, and uh, we both picked Utah at four. I think if it comes down to Oklahoma or Utah, you have to put Utah in. I would go with Utah. Um, They're just a better all-around team, and pointing back to last year, which in the bylaw they're not supposed to pay attention to what happened last year, but nobody wants Oklahoma's defense. Well, they also, when when you look at the bylaws of what they're supposed to quote unquote look at it they like 
don't always look at it anyway. It changes. Yeah. They, it's different every year. One week, the it. one week is strength of record. The next week, it's the eye test. The week after that, it's who did you lose to? You know. So, they're so interchangeable with what what they're looking for. But I have those same four teams in. I think Ohio State stays at one because the committee has to keep in the back of their mind that the two most complete teams, and I don't think anybody can argue this, the two most complete teams are Clemson and Ohio State, and that is the national championship. So if they play them in the semi-finals, I think the winner of Clemson-Ohio State wins the national championship 99 out of 100 times. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think as much as they're not supposed to think about what the matchups and potential Natty would be, they... They they're, have they're, to. It's a committee of 12 human beings. Yeah. You have actual people with actual thoughts and feelings looking at this. They're going to think about that. Yeah. And that's just the way that it is. They're They're going to put that thought into it. Even if it's in the back of their minds, it's going to be there. You can't get rid of that. And, you know, in a computer simulation like what you had with the BCS system, yeah, but... I think, which I think the BCS... Um, let's go back to the BCS. Why not? God, no. But, uh... Yeah, in the BCS, it would be uh, LSU, Ohio State, when we all know Clemson's mm-hmm. better than LSU. Yeah. So, um, all right. You said you had a nightmare scenario for me before we well, I hit record. the nightmare scenario that okay. I've been thinking about for the past few weeks uh, was kind of killed, or not killed, but it was uh, softened with the Alabama loss. Yeah. Uh, because then you would have had that Alabama team sitting there with one loss that wouldn't have played in a championship game and their one loss would have been to the team that is in the championship yeah. game but it essentially would have entailed uh, Georgia beating LSU uh, Wisconsin beats Ohio State and uh, yeah now to be fair this nightmare scenario could get even more nightmarish if you have Clemson lose to Virginia because then what do you do with Clemson and so, because then you have you have a bunch of one-loss teams there, right? You have one loss, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia, Utah, and one of Oklahoma Baylor. That is six one-loss teams that you got to put into a four-team playoff. And now it comes into how much do they value these conference championships? You know, do they still put LSU in? Do, do they leave Clemson out? Do they, uh, you know... Utah, Oklahoma slash Baylor. What do they do with that? Like, do they still value? Do they still put Ohio State? Like, that's what so they do there. The nightmare scenario you're talking about of essentially all the favorites just blowing it in the yes. title game, except for Utah. Um, because obviously, if Utah loses, they're out. Yeah, and I think uh, shout out to Alex Wisnett. He he when he was uh, producing the Mark Childress show on Tuesday, they kind of talked about <laughs> this a little bit where. If Clemson loses a close game to UVA and Utah loses, Clemson's kind of got to be in. Utah has two losses. Um, LSU and, let's say, LSU and Ohio State take care of business. Clemson and Oklahoma, winner of Oklahoma-Baylor, are really the only one-loss teams left if if Utah loses. And they're really the only teams you could make a decent argument to put in. Yeah. because the odds of the one, two, three, and five team all losing pretty slim to me. is really 
the fact of these teams losing in general, but to to throw that on there, that would be like a seven thousand dollar payout on a one dollar bet. Uh, oh yeah, be like seven hundred to one, and which I, don't think, I might consider. I and I don't but. think any of that happens per se, but it's just an interesting thought process of if it hits the fan, and I mean really hits yeah. the fan, the committee is going to have an interesting scenario on their hands. I think it's cut and dry. As we both predicted, Utah gets in at four. It's, Everybody it's takes care of business. That. It's yeah. set up for that if LSU beats Georgia. Now, the interesting scenario there is if Georgia beats LSU. Because if Georgia beats LSU, obviously they're in. I think they're both in. They're one, And that's probably what would happen is they would take the non-champ LSU, whose one loss was to the eventual... One probably, loss SEC champ. One loss SEC champ yep. who would then be the number three team. And I have them at two. I have them jumping Clemson if they, they would beat jump. LSU. I guess that would make sense. They would have beaten a better team. We have zero ranked wins yeah. as the rankings sit now. But either way, they'd have that against them. So. They would have the best um, win in the country. So Yeah. Uh, but And I think that's where you would see a Utah get left out. Yeah. I, Georgia wins. I agree with that. I think LSU, if they lose a close game to Georgia, they have to be in. They have three top ten wins. Yeah. Most Utah, in the country. Which Utah, don't they play, um, isn't the Pac-12 game on Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friday night. So, on Saturday, the biggest LSU fans are probably Utah. all those fans over in Utah. Yeah, if they take care of business. But, yes, Oregon lost to Arizona State, but they're not a walkover team. They no. They are very capable of beating this Utah team. And they have one of the best QB draft prospects right now on Justin Herbert. Yeah. Although he hasn't played that well, but All right, let me uh keep talking. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to parlay all the uh the underdogs and see what we get here. So, I'll see what the payout would be. Yeah. If somebody put a dollar on it. Ooh, we're getting some U- uh, UVA and Clemson's not even showing up on this website because on ESPN they have Clemson a minus 7,000 favorite. My goodness. Yeah. Because I, I told Christian, I said, I was thinking about just betting $700 on it, like cashing out my savings, betting $700 on it just to get free money. That means if I bet $700 on it, I, I win $10. That's how that's how big of a margin we have. And right then now. if Virginia pulls off the biggest upset in recent memory, you lose $700. Yep. Is that really worth it? No. Exactly. Um, all right, so my parlay. Wisconsin over Ohio State, Georgia over LSU, Cincinnati over Memphis, Baylor over Oklahoma, and Oregon over Utah. A $1 bet. It is 700 to 1 odds. Wow. A $1 bet turns into $728. Some good cash. I'm about to cash that in, in the off chance. But I'm pretty much just throwing (laughs) a dollar into the wind. Yeah. I might be better off spending it on a McChicken. But hey, if this happens, <laughs> if this happens, I'm laughing at everybody. Because you just got seven hundred dollars. That's right. Um, also, if Michelle Obama takes the Democratic nomination, I win a lot of money. Did you put money on that? Yeah, it was like ten thousand to one. I put five bucks on it, so fifty grand if she wins the Democratic nomination. Well, I'm rooting for Michelle Obama for your sake now. Look, I don't. I'm not 
really that big into politics, but uh, fifty grand's fifty grand. So hey, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm kind of a big fan of Michelle Obama at this point right now. <laughs> um, all right, let's go into conference championships. So we have the game of the year, the yes. game of the century in Cincinnati. I'm gonna go up, down, up. Um, Cincinnati, pretty much at Memphis. It's just a rematch of yesterday's game or last week's game. Uh, Memphis favored by nine. Funny side story. I said it uh, on the last episode. They were favored by 11 last week, and they won by 10. So Vegas smartly just moved it below 10 at 9. Um, in Memphis, 3.30 on ABC Saturday. Who you got? I am going to take the Cincinnati Bearcats. Oh, wow. Cincinnati's played very uh, very good football all season long. Um, until that week loss last week, their only other loss came at Ohio State. Yep. Uh, and outside of that, they'd played good, really good football. They'd beaten everybody, had some really good cl- uh, close games against some decent teams in this uh, conference, uh, in the Power Six. Um, and they opened up with a win against UCLA, which, I mean, UCLA is not that great, but it's Power Five, Pac-12, con- I, you know. Um, I think the Cincinnati's team good. And also, this is something you hear a lot in football, is it's hard to beat the same team twice yeah. in the same season especially also in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. And I think all week long leading up into this game, Utah, um, not Utah, Cincinnati's going to be uh, thinking in the back of their minds about last week because it's fresh. If this was something, that, if this was a rematch of like a week one, two, three, four, five game, wouldn't be as fresh, wouldn't be as salient, might not be as impactful. Yeah. But they are literally just off of this loss. This is horrible for Cincinnati that they traveled to Memphis Lost, have to go back up to Cincy, take finals, and then come back down to Memphis where they just were a week ago. And that's the thing is they're going to be very upset, very frustrated, and I think incredibly motivated. They're going to have a big chip on their shoulders, uh, especially uh, with the way that game went. They lost by 10, and I think, didn't they have a few turnovers in that game? Yep. So, yeah, so you could argue that you take away those turnovers, they win that game, right? So if they play a little cleaner football, which I think that they've worked on, and that will be their intention this week is to play it cleaner, uh, I think they know in the back of their minds they can and should beat this team, and that's going to be their mindset going in. So I think Cincinnati comes in more motivated. Because um, not to say that Memphis gets complacent, but Memphis is going to have the mindset of, well, we've already beat this team. We know we can do it. They might let their guard down just enough to allow a very hungry Bearcat squad to come in and take over this game. So I think Cincinnati comes in and gets the job done. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. Close. Another 10-point game, perhaps. But I think it flips. Not so fast. Uh, uh, Memphis, uh, they covered or they didn't cover the spread last week. They're pissed about it. Uh, Conference championship on their home field. They're the best group of five team in all the land. They get it done and they cover. App so. State. App State. Well, they're twenty first. So. Well, App State's been disrespected all season long in the rankings. Yeah, they're the only Sun Belt team ever to beat two FBS teams in the same season. Yeah. UNC and South Carolina. Yeah. So. Sunbelt. So App State's better than Georgia. App State by transitive property, yeah. So. App State, Final Four. I say put them in. I'm down. Let's do it. I mean, because say Georgia beats LSU. Georgia's in. Put App State in there. Yeah. Screw LSU. Makes sense. They just lost. Exactly. They don't deserve it. All right, so we're completely opposite on the American Athletic Conference Championship. Of course. But that's okay because we're on the same page on this one. 
number 13 Oregon versus number 5 Utah. Utah's favored by 6.5, and, and it's Friday Night Lights yes. on ABC uh, in Levi Stadium, home of the best team in the NFC, San Francisco 49ers. Not anymore, actually, though, because the Seahawks have overtaken them. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like the Utes in this. I, and this is a this is beer money sports, so we can talk about any sports you want. But yeah. I'm not, you know, not an NFL guy, so I'm glad you corrected me there. Yeah. It's Although weird. this weekend, Anthony Ruiz, Joshua, Anthony Joshua. It's it's weird though the uh, <laughs> boxing nine, the Forty ers are like ten and two in a wild card team right now. Which yeah. is nuts. Yeah, I saw that. That they would have to go play in Dallas, who's six and six. Yeah, makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Congrats on the Penguins winning last night, three nothing. Uh, Thank you. They I, lost me money. I don't know how because half of our team bus is an ambulance, but it's fine. Um, anyway, back to the Pac-12. Back to the Utah Utes and why they're going to win the national championship. <laughs> All right, Corso. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. But um, I like the Utes. I think Oregon. Very good football team. Very good quarterback leading the charge. I think they're going to make this a very hard-fought battle for the Utes. But I think um, Utah knows what's at stake. And there's a very easy mentality here for where they can go, well, if we win, we're in. Right? Yeah. Um, and that could fa- cause them to get complacent. But they also understand that they have to win. There's no margin of error here. And they know that they can win and still get left out. Um so they, I think they'll they'll understand the gravity of the situation. Understand that we got to take care of our business. We can't control how the other dominoes fall. Yeah. But we got to take care of our, our business, right? We take care of our business, and we still get left out. Then we did everything we could. It's not on us. And I think Utah is just the better team overall. I think they're overall top to bottom, the all around more complete team than um in the country than Oregon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, I think I think Utah's a more complete team. Um, I think they've been playing a lot more consistent football this season as yeah. well. And I haven't seen them play, but I've I've been reading up on them. Or I've read up on some things, and I've I've been hearing people say that like if you've watched this team play, they look really good as well. You you want to talk about the eye test? They've actually looked good. It's not like some random fluke. Oh, Pac-12's weak kind of thing. I mean, the Pac-12 is well, weak, they are, but, but it's not you know it's not like some shiniest turd situation here like it's they're de- they're actually a good football team yeah and I think Utah uh, will do enough I think their defense is better and I think that'll be your deciding factor Oregon might have the better quarterback um, but when it's all said and done the Utah offense is clicking a little more like you mentioned earlier uh, Herbert's been playing a little he's been struggling he's been he's playing under underperforming a little bit to what yep. we expected of him and uh, I think that trend continues just enough in this game. I think Utah gets it done, I'll say, by 10 points. So they cover. Wow. I think it's going to be a very close, hard-fought game, but, you know, they'll – I think they get a – They'll pull away a little bit at the they'll end. They'll get a sh- – yeah, just a slight pull away at the end there. Okay. I got Utah winning by 80. No. Um, My gosh. <laughs> Utah wins this game handily, though. Uh, Herbert, again, inconsistent. And Utah's got the probably the best defense in the Pac-12. Uh, that's not saying much. But but still, it's something when you're in the Pac-12 championship and it's essentially for the playoffs. So yeah, um, I got Utah covering. Let's move on over to the Big Twelve. Uh, number seven Baylor versus number six Oklahoma. Um, kind of weird. The spread is nine for Oklahoma. Hmm. Um, it's at Jerry World. 
home of the Dallas Cowboys, the best team ever. Um, yeah, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Dad. And it's 12 o'clock on ABC. Hell to the Redskins, first of all. And uh, my dad broke Joe Gibbs' son's collarbone in high school. Interesting. So he said to him, "Tell your dad I'm a Cowboys fan." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's funny. Actually, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, I like the Baylor Bears. And yes, I remember what happened earlier in the season when these two teams played. Uh, once again, I reiterate my earlier sentiment of it's hard to beat the same team twice in one season, especially when they're two very close, evenly matched teams. I understand that Baylor blew a 28-3 to lead. That's, that's a curse in sports. And I think that's exactly why they win this game. Because, and if you've noticed, I've got a theme here of the mentality, the mental aspect of the game. Because yeah. it's a very mental sport. And I think that plays a large factor into it. Baylor was dominating that game. Yeah. And then something changed. Whatever the heck it was, something changed. And then... Oklahoma got the momentum, and that was it. Good night. Whatever that was, Baylor has remedied it. I'm just going to say that they've remedied it, right? I don't. I think they're going to come in knowing that they're not going to let it happen again because all all season long since then, all they've been hearing, they remember the memes. I mean these these are college kids. They go on the internet, they see the memes, they watch the stuff on Twitter and every on on ESPN and everything. Like they understand the gravity of this situation. The memes, the Falcons comparisons, they they know what happened, and it's been stinging and eating at them ever since. And they knew that they'd have an opportunity as long as they took care of business, which they've done. And now here they are. They have the chance to right that wrong and take down this team and prove that they know they're the better team. Baylor has the biggest chip of any team right now on their shoulder because of that 28-3 blown lead. And they're going to come in more motivated than Oklahoma. And I think that they're going to come out guns blazing. Oklahoma's looked very inconsistent this season as well. We've seen them struggle against uh, lower-tier teams that they shouldn't have struggled against. Uh, and they also lost to a Kansas State squad that they shouldn't have lost to. So, And if we remember correctly, again, Baylor was dominating that game until they blew the lead. Yeah. Which I know sounds like a duh statement. <laughs> but that's the point I'm going for here is Baylor can and has proven that they are capable of dominating this Oklahoma team. They just got to keep it up, and I think that they will, if they were to get into a similar situation, not necessarily exactly 28-3, but if they get a lead of any kind on Oklahoma, they're going to put the pedal to the metal, and they're going to step on their neck as quickly as they possibly can. Um, I think the motivating factor of trying to undo that 28-3, something that the Falcons haven't, an opportunity the Falcons haven't gotten, is um, I think that's going to be your difference maker. That's because the Falcons are horrible. Yes. True. <laughs> so Baylor wins. Yeah, I say Baylor. Um, and they get left out. <laughs> not so fast. Listen, Jalen Hurts knows what he did wrong in the first half of that game. He knows he got lucky. He knows this is potentially for a chance to get in the playoffs. He's been to the playoffs twice before, um, both times as a starter. You know, so, Yeah. I think Oklahoma gets it done, but nine points is a little much. I think they don't cover. I think I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. Oklahoma by seven. I like 14 for Baylor. Oh, my gosh. We're at a 21-point range here. Because I like uh, Hurts to throw just one interception at the worst possible moment. 
This is a different Jalen Hurts. I agree. He's right. gonna have a bad game, I think. All right. So we're uh, we're different on two games. Let's uh, let's see if we're different on the Big Ten title game. I have a feeling we're not gonna be as most of the country is probably everybody but Wisconsin is probably on the same page as us. Well, you know what my pick is. Um, number eight Wisconsin at number one Ohio State. Ohio State sixteen point favorites. I don't think that's high enough, but it is a conference title game. Uh, and. It, in Indianapolis, 8 p.m. on Fox. Please, for the love of all that is holy, Gus Johnson, call this game. Go ahead. Ohio State will win. Shocking, I know. What? But. You what? But I think this is going to be a very surprisingly close contest. The difference, obviously, is going to be the fact that Ohio State is a complete team. The Wisconsin offense is is one-dimensional. It's Jonathan Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. It's Jonathan Taylor and no one else. It's Jonathan Taylor and his offensive line. R.I.P. Alex Hornibrook. But uh, who went to Florida State to uh, fall into oblivion. Whoa, he scored a touchdown against Clemson. Yeah, against what, our third string The only touchdown that was scored that game by Florida State was by the golf cart-throwing champion himself, Alex Hornibrook. I thought the golf cart throwing champion was, was Jake Bentley. Yeah. Hornybrook won it the year before. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it, if you win that golf cart challenge, it just means you're you're destined for greatness. Apparently. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But here's the thing is the Wisconsin defense is good. Wisconsin is always notorious for having a good defense, and I think they've got a good defense. Now, granted, the Ohio State defense is also very good. Um, Jonathan Taylor is going to run buckshot. I think he's going to do just enough to keep uh, Wisconsin very close in this game. Uh, but Wisconsin will never lead. Wisconsin will never tie. The only tie in this game will be when it's 0-0. I think Ohio State scores first. They hold enough of a lead. They always hold on to at least one score lead. But they can never quite open the gap. Because anytime it looks like they might be able to get a gap, I think Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor is going to do just enough to just stay right there on their heels, but they'll never be do- able to do just enough in this game to close the gap. I think uh, Ohio State wins by 10. I think it's going to be a very gut-wrenching game for them to win, but I think that they'll win by 10. They'll look good, but I think at the same time, Wisconsin's going to play the best game of their season and just it's not going to be enough. I am so off on your pick right now. <laughs> uh, we picked the same team to win. Ohio State wins by 30. Um, and the reason is, let me uh, let me pull it up because I want to be absolutely correct on this. I want to look up the last time Ohio State played Wisconsin. I remember it was a 38-7 to drubbing, an absolute waxing. Um, I'm also saying this a little bit because I'm just hopeful that Wisconsin wins because that's what I want to happen. I just don't think it will. Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries, 52 yards. Oof. J.K. Dobbins, 20 carries, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, so they have the, the two-headed beast of Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, and the third head on the defense ha- just so happens to be the number one player in the country, Chase Young who leads the country in sacks and always, 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 always gets to his target. And he will get to Jonathan Taylor probably 80% of the snaps 
and he will not be able to do anything, and Ohio State will win big. That's my analysis. I'm sticking to it. You're probably more correct. <laughs> I just know you're hopeful, so, but. That's entirely the process I'm going with here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, look, I like it. I like, you. I mean, you have some facts by it that and that's, it's, and, it's hard to beat the same team twice, so. And, and that is the thing, too, is that Wisconsin, they are kind of a sleeper dangerous team, and by that I mean they're a very, very good football team still, even with their holes. Yeah. And if Ohio State is complacent coming into this game, they could be in for a rude awakening because some teams you can sleep against and still be fine. Yeah. Wisconsin, at this point, is not the kind of team that you can kind of sleep against and be fine. Yeah, we saw that with, when they played Michigan. And that's not to say that Ohio State's going to necessarily take them lightly, get complacent, think, oh, we've got this game won before they walk on the field kind of thing. But if Ohio State is known to drop Ohio a State game is, a year. And this could be the one. Yeah, and they've also been known to do that exact have the game won before they walk on the field kind of thing. That's how they lost to Purdue, what was it, last year? Mm-hmm. So And Iowa the year before. Yeah, like, I'm not saying they're going to have that mindset, but if they do or if just enough of their players do coming in, they could not necessarily they could lose. Well, they could lose, but they could also just even have a much closer game than it should be. I do want to point out, I do think Ohio State's still going to win big, but I do. I would like to point out the fact that if Wisconsin, they're one point away from not losing to Illinois. If they beat Illinois, they're still in a position to beat Ohio State and, and make the playoff. That's true. Um, and the only reason they're not in the conversation is because they have two losses. So this is still, like you said, this is still a very good team. Uh, they they slipped up against Illinois and then they just met Ohio State when they were clicking on all cylinders. They still are. So um, Wisconsin definitely has the potential to play them as close as you think, but I'm I'm going the opposite direction. So, um, all right, we'll 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 skip over the SEC and do it last. Uh, I usually yeah. do Clemson last, but this game's not really worth talking about. I mean, but the we SEC have to. Game is the biggest game. We pay our we pay our tuition to the school, so we kind of have to. You know, hype them up a little bit, but uh, the ACC championship seven thirty ABC on Saturday. It's the prime time game. Uh, Kirk, I'm assuming Kirk and Chris Fowler will be calling it like they always do in Charlotte. I am going. Are you going? No, I will huh. be watching on my television. Come on, Wyatt. The comfort uh, of my couch. There you go. I'll be in the cold, like it was last year, rain, rainy and cold. Um, number twenty three UVA versus number three Clemson spreads twenty eight and a half. And again, like I said, the money line for Clemson is minus seven thousand, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so, firstly, I would like to just give a hearty congratulations to the University of Virginia Cavaliers football team on their first win against the Virginia Tech Hokies in fifteen years. Yep, last or, win was two thousand three. Yeah, so congrats to them. Uh, they've had an amazing season. They've played great football. Um, They've uh, completed the cycle in the ACC Coastal. ACC Coastal First Division in college uh, D1 football there, where every team in it has made it to the championship game. So congrats to you, ACC Coastal. In seven years. Seven teams in seven years. In a row. Also the first one to do that as well. Um, Whereas Um, in the Atlantic is just us and Florida State. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, 
in that one year. No, Georgia Tech's the other one. That's right. Um, but yeah, so shout out to them. Great job, Virginia. Uh, your prize for doing all of this, you've earned the right to lose to Clemson by 40 points. Yep. And yes, that's my prediction. Clemson wins by 40 points. Um, I'm I'm with you. I think Chase Bryce is uh, better than probably anybody they have on their team. Uh, well, their quarterback's been playing... I love Bryce Perkins. He's played very he's great. well this season. He led Arizona Western to back-to-back JUCO National Championships. He lost both. But he got there. But he got there. He was the best player in JUCO for two years in a row. Um, so he's a stud, but Isaiah Simmons is going to have something to say about Best linebacker in the country. He's going to have something to say about the dual threat aspect of Bryce Perkins, and it's not going to be good because once they shut down his run game, it's over for and UVA. UVA's defense is not going to be able to have an answer for the high octane offense that Clemson has because you look at Clemson, it's the best receiving core in the nation. You have the best quarterback in the nation who's kind of dual threat in his own right, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pocket passer running for 20 yards when they need him to. Every time he takes off running, I hold my breath. Yep. He's like a horse galloping out yep. there. It's mane flowing in the it's wind. It's amazing. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, our, our Cajun Cajun Prince, uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, the most underrated running back maybe in college football history. He's the fact that he is not. eight yards per carry. He's averaging 8.9 carries on his career. And he is not a Doak Walker finalist this year. Yeah, he got AC, he got back to back ACC Player of the Year, and he's not even a finalist for Running Back of the Year. Yeah, I, I'm in I'm in awe, uh, not it? in a good way. Don't make no sense. Yeah, thank you, Dabo impression. Uh, even a Dabo impression. Dabo did say that though. He's like, he's, it doesn't make any this sense. award's a joke if um, he's not a finalist. But yeah, I just, I mean, the talent gap here is way too much. I mean, Virginia, they're they're a decent football team. But they're not—they're not good enough to hold their own against Clemson. I don't think I, this Clemson team is just um, the best team in the country. It's arguably the best team in the country. At worst, it's the third best team in the country, where where they are right now at three. And I just Virginia, yeah, they're twenty-three. Um, happy for them. It's, they'll last all of like seven days, not even. And um, I just. Again, so, I, I, you look at this Clemson defense and the, what they're going up against with Virginia's offense, it's not close. So pretty much, versa. pretty much what you're saying is UVA will see a basketball season. They're a basketball school, yeah. <laughs> UVA will see you uh, in the Final Four of the soccer playoffs. That's pretty much what you're saying. UVA is probably winning the soccer national championship. Uh, we had them beat, and then we gave up three goals in 20 minutes in the ACC championship in soccer. So, which is crazy. I wonder if that's a stat where two teams have met in the ACC championship for soccer and football in the same season. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it, but I, I, uh, I don't think that's happened uh, all that much. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and I know that Clemson was the first school to go to a soccer national championship and a football national championship in the same year, mm-hmm. and we lost both. Yeah, shout out to uh, 2015. Yeah, where we lost to Stanford four nothing in soccer. And we get to avenge that loss tomorrow night at historic Riggs Field. Come on out. Hopefully, avenge. Um. All right. Yeah. Clemson covers. I don't. I don't even know why we're talking about this game. 
But uh, let's move on to the better game. All right, uh, the better game: Appalachian State versus <laughs> <laughs> the Louisiana oh. Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Oh, we're not talking about that one. You mean to tell me the best matchup in college football: the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns versus the Appalachian State Mountaineers? Yeah. No. Um, who, regardless of who wins that game, I'm happy because I love the Raging Cajuns because they're the freaking Raging Cajuns. I'm gonna keep it, uh, and, and I love App State because they're App freaking State. Also, App State's being horrendously disrespected in these rankings. They should be. They should be in the teens. They, they should, should. They should be in the top four. App State should be the team that gets the Group of Five bid. They won't be, unfortunately, but they should be. Well, we'll see if. Uh Cincinnati and Memphis have a close game and App State just blows out Louisiana then you know they might Again. they might jump. Um all right, seriously. Game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Chicago. No. Uh they they do play tonight though. Uh, I will be taking App State by us uh, 17 points. Okay. We are going to keep it in Louisiana though. Um the Louisiana State University Go Tigers. Uh LSU versus number four Georgia. LSU favored by seven and a half in Atlanta, so it's kind of a home game for uh, Georgia. Not really though. Um, four p.m. CBS. I'm assuming Brad Nessler will have the call on that one, uh, like he always does every CBS game ever. Um, yeah, who you got? I think it's funny that the spread is only seven and a half points because the talent gap between these two teams is significant. LSU wins by 30 points. That's, uh Look, as much as I trashed Georgia, like... Listen. Georgia's offense is so bad, right? Listen. Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. Let's face it. He's, he's, he's been the best player in the country this year. Well, Chase Young, but they don't give it to defense players. I still would vote for Joe Burrow. Burrow is going to play the game of his life, all right? This man's on fire this season. He's clicking on all cylinders. The LSU offense is clicking on all cylinders. Coach O is a mastermind. Great motivator. Team plays plays hard for him. The only bad spot on this LSU team is their defense, but like you just mentioned, that Georgia offense hasn't played well at all year. Jake Fromm has been exposed a lot this season. Georgia's played very inconsistent. They've lo- they, they have the worst loss of any championship contender still left in contention uh, to that game against South Carolina at home, mind you, between the hedges. And um, with a third-string quarterback there at the end, who is a converted wide receiver, and uh, they got completely outplayed in that game. Somehow outcoached by Will Muschamp, and th- and that's another thing with this Georgia team is Kirby Smart's not a good football coach. He's a decent football coach, but he's not he's not a coach. Oh, he's not a Nick Saban. He's not, he's not up to that level. He can I don't never know compete if, with these. I teams. don't know if I can put Coach O in the same conversation as Nick Saban, Urban Meyer. Uh, no, not yet. But I'm saying he's not on—he's not even on Orgeron's level right now. Like okay. what Orgeron's done at this at, at, at that program, um, and where he's taken them so far, and how quickly he's turned them around. What I'm looking at here is a Georgia team that is woefully underperformed and should have more than one loss, and has played very poorly against bad teams that they should not have played poorly against. One of them resulting in that horrendous loss to South Carolina. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to LSU, and maybe I'm trashing Georgia too much and by thinking that they'll win by 30 points, but I legitimately believe this is going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be close. I think LSU boat races Georgia in this game. So, uh, before we wrap up, the Alex Wisnett, I had him on a couple episodes ago, he said that the 
the LSU offense versus the very good Georgia defense is going to be the matchup to talk about. Okay. Yeah. I I do agree with that, but we do have to point out that LSU's defense is bad. They've given up more than 38 points four times this season. That's true. And Georgia's offense is pretty much non-existent. So I think that's the matchup to watch out for because whoever whoever shows up is going to keep it interesting. If LSU can make a couple stops, which couple key stops, which they will. Yeah. Um, but if Fromm can throw like a bomb that no one saw coming, you know this could be could be a game changer. So, but I got LSU covering. Uh, you said by thirty, so by default they cover the seven and a half point spread. Yeah. But uh, I have LSU covering. They LSU wins by ten. Here's the other thing too. Let's keep in mind uh, this is Georgia sports. They're notoriously bad. Watch your mouth. Trevor Lawrence is from Georgia. He's not Georgia sports. He's a Georgia quarterback who came to play for Clemson. That means good things. Justin Fields came from Georgia. Sports. And he got out. <laughs> Why do you think he's playing so well? <laughs> wow. We're roasting pe- people from Georgia. 28-3 right? in the Super Bowl. Look at what happened to the Braves this season. Wow. I'm just saying, Atlanta sports is cursed. And Bring at- back the Thrashers. They're cl- in at- It's close enough. Georgia counts enough. <laughs> They're close enough. Um. Anybody you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I'll shout out. Uh, shout out to my parents. Always got to shout out the fam. And uh, I'll give Tiger Vision a shout out because I'm peacing out. I'm done now. Done. Graduate. Last episode of EP was last night. Yeah. R.I.P. We're gonna miss you. Thanks. I'm gonna miss it too. Um, shout out to Nick. Donates monthly. Shout out to Zach. Start donating, or you're not getting any more shout outs. That's my other brother. Um, shout out to my parents for creating me. Um, shout out for all the listeners that actually have listened this long. Uh, loyal fans. I know it's like painful, but you know, thanks. Um, yeah, this is it. This is fun. I've enjoyed it. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.